Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Nolan. Hey. You had an interesting question that you were talking about on the way to the studio. I was. When we were driving in the donut team van. (laughs) That's right. And I held off specifically so I could ask it on mic. Which I will now. How do you become the very best at something? By cheating, of course. Whoa. Oh, my God. You got me hooked, like, right away. (laughs) Look, everyone lies every once in a while. After all, James and Joe, none of us are without sin. You said Joe pretty weird. (laughs) Did I find something? (laughs) (laughs) But today, we're going to talk about one time that lying didn't exactly help one car company the way that they hoped. Today, we are talking about the Volkswagen emissions scandal, a.k.a. Dieselgate. Hey guys, welcome to the Past Gas Podcast. If you like Past Gas, please help us grow by giving us a good rating and a nice review on the podcast platform of your choice. It'll really help us out, and I really appreciate that, so thank you. All right, now for the show. Okay, so this episode's gonna be a little different from what we do uh, usually on the show because this is more of like a current event. It did start about 10 years ago, um, and we're we're gonna go through the whole saga of it, but it is an ongoing thing. There are still like news stories coming out. So just consider this like a little primer on what Dieselgate is. Uh, and without further ado, let's this get... This is Dieselgate. <laughs> let's get into oh. it. <laughs> hey, shut up! <laughs> hey, somebody shut up that wall! <laughs> in 2006, Volkswagen had one major goal in mind. They wanted to become the world's leading car company. But becoming even more of an automotive powerhouse was no small task for such a large company, despite already owning so many other different car brands, such as Audi, Lamborghini, 
Bentley, Bugatti, Porsche, and Ducati, just to name a few. On top of that, they were bringing in nearly 2.75 billion euros or $3.61 billion in 2006 in net profits alone, nearly double the previous years. Volkswagen at the time was undeniably an automotive powerhouse already, but they lacked interest from prospective customers in a very important market, America. The majority of Volkswagens sold in either Germany or China, with America only making up a small fraction of the corporation's overall sales. They knew that getting a stronger foothold in the U.S. market would be the boost they needed to launch directly to the top. So they said, Well, why don't we just make the cars for Americans too then? And, I mean, they they were in the market for decades, correct? Like, James, yeah. you're a big Volkswagen Love guy. Love Volkswagen. They've been around since the Beetle here in the U.S. They've been right? around since the Beatles. You know, they're bigger cars, more successful since ones. When the Beatles I, were around. That's right. Not just the car, but the band around yeah. the same time. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't know. You know Wouldn't it be cute if the Beatles drove be four separate Beatles? Oh, my God. Every time? Studio? Anytime oh, they go anywhere, they're yeah. just like a convoy, and they're always leaving. Ra- <laughs> Do you need a ride, <laughs> Ringo? You need a ride with me, my Beetle? No, I've got my own. I've got my own Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I can, you know, like the Golf was a huge seller here in the U.S. Jetta, uh, classic, big. Um, the Passats are big. Yeah, the vans you see every once in a while. <laughs> I mean, Volkswagen's a big, big car company, and I think just like every other car company, they had like their ups and downs. And I think it's important to remember in like automotive business, but also just like all world business is like what we see as Americans isn't necessarily what reflects the world. You know what I mean? Like I would assume that Volkswagen is one of the biggest car companies in America, but because you see them all the time, but apparently that's not the case. Is it a fair thing to say that like Volkswagen is kind of like the Honda of Germany or Toyota? Yeah, I'd say. I mean, it literally means people's car. So, like, Honda was founded on the same principle as Volkswagen, where it's like everyone should have a car. It's the same as, like, the Model T, too. Right. Like, all of these huge car companies that are thought of as, you know, the national car company of a country. Like, I think Ford is our national car company. I think it's fair. Even more than, like, GM, because GM was always, they're huge, but they're a response to Ford. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, like all of these companies were started to mobilize the country and the governments of that country made that m- possible mm-hmm. by investing in them. And Mo possible, baby. Mo possible, baby. <laughs> and I think like, you know, most people know and if you don't, you'll find out pretty soon that like Volkswagen is not the ex- is not an exception to that and their government invested in them and yeah which it wasn't we'll find out it wasn't an, the best government in hindsight. um yeah okay so that's a pretty simple plan right yeah, i love uh, simple plan yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that the band with a violinist no that was that yellow, was, card. Yeah, yellow card okay so their plan had a little bit of a problem uh europeans love diesel engines they're the heart and soul of the uh european market with their superior mileage lower fuel consumption costs, and uh, maintenance costs, diesel engines are the engine of choice in the high-priced automotive landscape that is Europe. Knowing this, obviously, being a, a European company, Volkswagen had placed a majority of their focus on the development and implementation of diesel engines. Unfortunately, though, for them, 
these engines would be a hugely tough sell here in the good old U.S. of A. In the U.S., there's somewhat of a stigma around diesel engines. Unless it's in a truck. Exactly, James. Uh, basically, diesel engines have always been for commercial use and heavy-duty use. You basically had a turbo Cummins and like a school bus or a work truck, and that was it. So is it like, I wouldn't be caught dead driving a diesel? Yeah, it's like a diesel. What are you, a tractor? Yeah. I don't want my <laughs> Audi to be a tractor. Yeah. If you ask a lot of people, a, di- a diesel engine was loud, stinky, and fairly obnoxious to work. It's like, I don't know. What, like, I got to use the green pump? Yeah. What is like, that? So is this like a special transaction? Do I need a special card for this? <laughs> uh, I heard that you have to wear gloves when you drive a diesel. <laughs> is that true? Do you do you have to wear that the gloves? That is actually, you do have to put on leather work gloves to drive a diesel. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, my uh, dad really wanted to get like a diesel like 2500 uh-huh. back when I was younger. And my mom was like, she totally was on board with put like the, the kibosh. Yeah, no diesels. Even though like this was like the early 2000s, like it would have been fine. I think it's because one of our neighbors back in the day named Ernie had a diesel uh, uh, Suburban. Dude, blue collar name. Yeah. 1,000%. That guy's got calluses all over his hands. <laughs> Ernie was cool, man. Should have worn gloves. Shout out to Ernie Norfleet. Um, but anyway. <laughs> He's like working in his garage yeah. listening to this on a radio somehow. <laughs> and he's like, huh? And then a little tiny tear as he like thinks back to like Nolan running around in diapers. And he's like, Wow. Yeah, probably. Um, anyway, he had a diesel. Uh, I think it was a suburban, and it was just, it was really loud in my mom's defense. But I don't know. Anyway, most people barely understood the difference between a glow plug and a spark plug. So the the proposition of completely changing from petrol engines, which had been loved since basically the dawn of time here in the U.S., to diesel, had always been a major no-no. Probably didn't help that prior attempts to integrate the diesel engine into the mainstream in the U.S. had failed dramatically as well, which uh, soured how Americans viewed diesel engines and passenger cars. Oldsmobile basically ruined any chance of an American-made diesel engine not called Cummins of ever having any real success with their diesel-powered Cutlass Supremes. These diesels were basically converted petrol engines that only had about 20,000 good miles in them until they destroyed themselves. On paper, repurposing a gasoline engine into a diesel engine isn't really that bad of an idea, right? Both engines have the same basic block design. But after a couple thousand miles, though, the Oldsmobile GM diesels would start throwing belts and destroying their injectors like nobody's business. Cheap construction and shoddy business practices led to extraordinarily high premature failure rate on these engines. This disaster by GM left a really bad taste in most Americans' mouths, driving the country even further away from embracing diesel passenger cars. Thanks, GM. By targeting the U.S. audience with hopes of selling cars with their engines, though, Volkswagen was already anticipating an uphill battle. But there was one more obstacle they didn't immediately expect, and that was the state of California and its emission standards, which mandated the maximum amount of greenhouse gases that our cars can legally emit. These standards were put in place to prevent smog from taking over large cities like Los Angeles. Uh, So, yeah, back in like the, I think it was mid-40s or early 40s, smog got so bad one day that Los Angelinos thought that it was like a gas attack by the Japanese. So you couldn't see, you couldn't breathe. It was so heavy. Um, Like I remember like my dad grew up in Long Beach and he Mm -hmm. said like, this is like in the even the seventies. Even like they would have they would have smog days, 
where you couldn't go outside because it was just so heavy. And some days he would have to practice football mm -hmm. or go to football practice during these days. And you'd just like you have to wear a hazmat suit. Yeah, you'd be like coughing super hard and like just be affected for like a week. Yeah, that's absurd. And, you know, people complain about laws or California's emissions laws and the fact that they're so strict. But it's like, no, it was like a health crisis. Yeah. And that was the response. It's not like California, some guy was eating chickpeas and quinoa <laughs> and was like, hey, you know what I want to do? I'll make cars less fun for people who like them. Yeah. Was, people were getting sick. You couldn't exactly. see. And it's not like, you know, if you are someone who wants to modify their car so it doesn't pass emissions, it's pretty easy to find a mechanic that will, or a smog inspector that will let your car pass. I just think you implicated yourself. I didn't do anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're not talking in hypothetical. In hypothetically, it's easy to find people. We'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Volkswagen diesel engineers realized that their diesel motors would not be able to meet these strict emission standards put in place in the States. According to two anonymous whistleblowers, a meeting took place in November of 2006 to address this issue. VW execs met at their headquarters in Wolfsburg, Germany and decided- Love that name. Yeah, uh -huh. cool name. Hey, what's Wait. that actor from Stranger Things, Wolfhard? Uh... Finn Wolfhard. Dude, that's such a, a sick name. Good name. It's like fake. Yeah. It's like too cool of a name. It's almost yeah. like a stage name. <laughs> <laughs> What's your stage name, Joe? Crumbus uh, Plaid Man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Okay, so they met in Wolfsburg and decided to try something that was a little bit risky. Okay, James? Mm -hmm. During this highly confidential meeting, the decision was made to implement a new engine management software that would help, quote, control emissions during testing. Basically, this was software that would be able to detect 
whenever emissions testing was taking place and greatly restrict the engine in order to meet federal guidelines. As soon as testing was completed, the car would run normally, or as California would see it, poorly again. In 2008, Volkswagen began a massive marketing push in the U.S., marketing its, quote, clean diesel engines. According to the company, these diesel engines were even cleaner alternatives to its competing uh, hybrids, boldly claiming that Jettas and Beetles were cleaner than the Toyota Prius. But that's the cleanest one. Yeah, it's a pretty false. <laughs> How bold is that, dude? Like, you're, you're like, all right, guys, we're going to develop this complicated system that can detect, like, just through, like, the, the car is always monitoring itself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, if, like, I'm sitting still, but my, re- or my wheels are moving. Uh-huh. And it's doing, like, there's, like, some sort of testing rhythm going on. I'm probably being tested right now. I'm going to make less emissions. It's so dirty. Like, it's this huge conspiracy. But then you're also going to market that your car is cleaner cleaner than a Prius. Prius. Yeah. Like, engineers had to think about this. This is, like, premeditated. They had to, like, dial in some software to make this happen. It wasn't just, like, oopsies. Yeah, no, uh, this is, yeah. as we'll see, uh, it's pretty brazen. Things were looking up for uh, VW. Sales increased, and the American people were finally starting to accept diesel engines into their homes. VW had pulled off a huge PR victory. Americans loved their diesel cars, and for about five years, nobody suspected a thing. It wasn't until 2013 that things started going downhill. Fast. In 2013, the good folks over at the West Virginia University won a $70,000 research grant to test whether diesel cars produced more harmful emissions than standard control cars while driving. And unfortunately for Volkswagen, the study looked at Volkswagens. At first, the researchers didn't really know what to make of the data they had collected. It didn't make sense how a car that had clearly passed the Californian regulations test were failing at their results. But The results were conclusive, showing that the nitrogen oxide levels from the tailpipe of their Jetta was 15 times the legal limit, sometimes peaking at over 35 times the legal limit. And the the Passat was no better, with results varying between 5 to 20 times the limit. What the test had revealed, gentlemen, is that Volkswagen wasn't being honest. I guess the the way that the tailpipe works is like there's a chamber that this Knox goes into. And when it's pressurized enough, then it turns into like a harmless chemical and then it's expelled and that process keeps going like, but it sucks power because it's like, you're kind of just like stopping. You're not allowing enough. Yeah, exactly. The flow. So it really sucks power. And, uh, what Volkswagen did was just like, I think you mentioned it before. As soon as it started moving, it completely bypassed that system and it just was like straight Knox gas. It was obvious to the research team that some sort of defeat device had been installed from the factory for testing. A defeat device is basically a device designed to circumvent certain requirements, okay? That's just a general term. The term is specifically popular in the automotive industry as it refers to any hardware, software, or design that's intended purpose is to interfere with emissions control during real-world driving. But the International Council of Clean Transportation Uh, They didn't want to come forward with the accusations of fraud immediately. They were, after all, a small organization, and they knew that if they went at VW alone, VW had the money and power to silence any of their claims if they didn't have any rock-solid evidence. 
After presenting their findings to the regulatory committee in California, the California Air Resource Board, or CARB, opened an official inquiry into the admissions uncovered by the West Virginia study. Volkswagen was ordered to come clean and turn over any of their defeat code if they had any future intentions of selling the cars in the states. As soon as accusations hit the table in the spring of 2015, Volkswagen began recalling diesel vehicles in the U.S. and shredding thousands of potentially incriminating documents, which uh, they later admitted to doing in court. Damn. Not a good look. On September 3rd, 2015, Volkswagen finally confessed to the installation of illegal software to both the Environmental Protection Agency and CARB. Immediately, stocks plummeted from $38 per share to around $25. By the way, I don't own any stocks, so I don't really know. <laughs> Is that bad? That's pre- I mean, it, it sounds Seems bad. pretty bad. You've seen that meme, though, right? Stonks? Oh, stonks. Now you understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the CEO resigned while continuing to refuse to admit to any wrongdoing. <laughs> I, I didn't do part. anything wrong. I'm just quitting. I'm just quitting. <laughs> I don't. I don't like this place anymore. It's just like a coincidence. Yeah. Look, my office is too cold. I've told you a thousand times. <laughs> that was Bernie. I guess. <laughs> my office is too cold. <laughs> On the ground, uh, this was a huge deal to VW employees around the country who had nothing to do with the scandal. People working at factories and dealerships were all wondering who knew what and when. Did their co-workers know? Did their boss? Were they going to lose their job? Within a year of the confession, Volkswagen agreed to pay a $14.7 billion settlement in the U.S. to deal with civil complaints, and included the comp- and that included the compensation to owners. VW spent at least $7 billion buying back diesel cars from owners. You might have seen the images on the news of parking lots filled with Jettas, Golfs, and Beetles. As of late March 2018, Volkswagen had bought back around 350,000 cars. Dude, uh, this was crazy yeah. when it happened. Like, so many people I know, like, probably four or five people were like, yeah, they took my Jetta that was, like, a few, like, three years old, and I got a new GTI. That's... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I think, like... One thousand percent. This was a dirty, dirty deal. Mm-hmm. Bad news. Really, really criminal. Mm-hmm. Like, just how could uh, you guys think you're going to get away with this? But I think, at, from a consumer's perspective, I think I, I know a lot of people personally who came out on top. <laughs> <laughs> the agreement also included some ways for them to atone for their polluting sins, such as installing networks of electric car charging stations throughout the state. But that $14.7 billion wouldn't be all that Volkswagen would have to settle. In fact, in January 2017, another settlement with the U.S. Justice Department required the company to pay a $4.3 billion fine for conspiring to defraud the U.S. government and violate the Clean Air Act. They also agreed to pay a further $1.3 billion to owners of affected cars that were not covered by the earliest earlier settlements. Overall, this scandal cost Volkswagen over $30 billion. Approximately 43 million cars were tampered with. Not really tampered with, were they? They are just more of... Engineered. Engineered. To, uh, to cheat. Deceiving. And about three quarters of those cars still remain on the road today. But still, five years later, Volkswagen is still not done being tried by the government. In fact, only a few weeks ago, in, in December... Uh, the Volkswagen headquarters were raided yet again over the continued Dieselgate scandal. This time, it was over their newest line oh, no. of diesel engines. Oh, no. I, yeah, I heard. Whew. 
the news is still um, still an ongoing story, so we're not sure what's going to happen. But it sounds like they didn't learn their lesson and uh, they weren't fined hard enough. It sounds like. Yeah, I guess not. It's like the Astros. The Astros. You guys know baseball. <laughs> I know. I've heard I of know, baseball. I know baseball. Yeah. Uh, so they won the 2017 World Series uh, because they were stealing signs and they had a camera in the outfield zoomed in. Then it relayed a message to a guy in the in the dugout that would slam a trash can. I watched that video. <laughs> it's insane. You hear it's like they literally were able to track when they were cheating just by looking at the audio file. Well, and, it's so apparent because it's just like they're just some dude yeah. just banging on a trash can like he's in yeah. Slipknot or something. <laughs> two, two bangs is like a slider off uh-huh. speed. One bang is just like a change up. So it's like don't swing on the bangs. Just swing on the fastballs, and then they ended up winning the World Series. Oh my god! But they got fined five million dollars. That's which is like, nothing yeah. for a pro sports franchise. Yeah. Like, what do they spend on players? You know, like that's like one less than one person's salary, and then they also didn't get like draft picks, but they're stacked right now, so it doesn't even matter. Anyways, I could go on and on about baseball. Check out my baseball podcast. <laughs> uh, past pitch. <laughs> Fast pitch. I mean, that's just a word, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fast. <laughs> we should have a podcast called Fastball, where we both talk about baseball and the 90s adult alternative rock band, Fastball. <laughs> <laughs> It's always summer, it never gets cold. Get out on the highway. <laughs> Apparently then that song is about these two old people who went on a road trip and disappeared. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I was actually, when I was like five years old, that song was at its like height, and it was on the radio, and I'd listen to it and be like, man, these parents just like up and left their kids at their house? Yeah. yeah. But no, it's like two old people. Yeah. Every time we talk about songs, it makes me realize that I'd never listen to the lyrics at all. Like, I'd, I've heard that song a million. We, like, I was in a cover band that played that song, and I don't even know the lyrics. <laughs> we'll be right back with more of this story, but first, a word from our sponsors. The saga still isn't over, guys. Volkswagen is still being threatened by repercussions to this day, over four years since the initial EPA charges were filed against them. Multiple executives and employees of the company have been charged and are arrested for their involvement in the scandal. In 2018, a senior manager sorry, at Porsche in Germany was arrested for having knowledge that the diesel engines were incapable of passing inspection. In September of 2019, the current CEO of Volkswagen, Herbert Deiss, and chairman Hans-Dieter Poch. The two most German name dudes ever. <laughs> as well as former CEO Martin Winterkorn. <laughs> Winterkorn. 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 Good to see you. <laughs> Martin Bierstein Winterkorn. <laughs> My name is Egon Sauerkraut Winterkorn. <laughs> uh, yeah, those guys are all handed criminal charges for, in their, for their involvement as well. Uh, they are being charged for allegedly waiting to inform investors about the automaker's emissions cheating. That's another hard place. I mean, not a hard place. If you're going to lie, then you're already putting yourself in a hard place anyway. Mm-hmm. But being like, because like all these huge companies, they all answer to their shareholders. Right. There's no easy way to tell them, hey, so we're kind of cheating right now. Yeah. With this whole thing, there's so many decisions that someone made to break the law. Yeah. At just, like so many p- 
people involved. Like if you're going to commit a crime, this is a very bold crime mm -hmm. to commit because then every time you lie to somebody, that's you breaking a law. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about money. You know, don't lie about money or I'll put you in jail. It's a lot of moving parts where it's like, nobody snitch. And there's yeah. like thousands of employees holding <laughs> like, <Yeah>. secrets. <laughs> yeah. uh, Did you see that meme that was like the children in the cornfield making an arrow where the suspect like ran? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission is already suing Volkswagen and Vinterkorn, over similar charges for massive fraud as well. A recent quarterly report revealed that the company has set aside over a billion euros towards legal provisions, uh, and a large chunk of it is prepared for all these ongoing cases. So, they, I mean, you have to wonder, like, how much of that legal war chest, as we call it, uh, Damn, good word. was knowingly set aside for, like, all these huge cases. I mean, a billion euros for lawsuits? Yeah. In like 2013, before they got caught, they're like, no, we're just going to like set aside a couple billion dollars in case something happens. Yeah. I mean, I, they probably set it aside like after the first round. Yeah. Like, I have to listen. <laughs> this time, you guys, like we're kind of caught off guard and a little bit of cash poor. <laughs> uh, the last time we did this, we're going to do it again. 1000%. We're going to start. <laughs> we're going to lie about engines yeah. for sure. Not to bring attention to my last name again, but, you know, my ancestors put corn in the silo for the winter. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, a major criticism towards the company has been their inability to make amends for this scandal. The scandal affected more than just the U.S. market, too. The emission cheating design was sold globally and uh, is especially popular in Europe. In the UK, a major class action lawsuit has been continuously raging against the German car maker since the initial accusations came to light. Almost 90,000 claimants are demanding some sort of compensation or compensation, sorry, for purchasing VW vehicles during the scandal. As of January 2nd, uh, Volkswagen was still in talks with German motorists over compensation for their massive defrauding of the German car uh, market. The class action suit is among the first of its kind in Germany, actually, and was in part possible due to a new draft law signed in 2018 that allows consumer rights groups to represent customers by taking companies to court. Wow, it seems like Germany is very far behind <laughs> in that regard. Um, people are obviously very pissed about this, and despite it happening years ago, they're still waiting around for Volkswagen to make some amends. In the end, th uh, this entire controversy isn't only about how much money VW had to pay to try to make things better. While a whole lot of bad things were revealed because of this, a whole lot of good things came out of it too. The biggest thing that this entire scandal did was open our eyes as consumers to the threat of pollution not only from diesel cars, but all cars. While only 2% of U.S. cars are diesel, surprising tidbit, uh, I think that's just passenger cars, the rule breaking had a much more severe consequences in Europe. The European market has been flooded with diesel cars and consumers have been encouraged to buy them for a long time. When the scandal broke, over half of all car sales in Europe were diesel. In London, it was found that nearly 97% of the 250-plus diesel models on the road were in violation of emission standards and not just Volkswagens. In 2015 alone, one study found that the failure to comply with emission standards directly caused 6,800 early deaths. 
The most up-to-date numbers demonstrate that general pollution, not just pollution from Dieselgate, contributed to the deaths of approximately 1,000 people a day in Europe. The breaking of the scandal revealed to us as consumers that some car makers are willing to jeopardize our lives just to save a few dollars while openly dodging the law. Yeah, I just want to mention, you know, as the Volkswagen, as the dubber mm-hmm. in the room. You're the big, big dubber. Volkswagen screwed up. Very dirty. Very dirty deeds. Mm-hmm. But it's not just Volkswagen. It's rich guys. Mm-hmm. It's all these car companies. Like Opel, Chevy. Renault. Daimler, Fiat, Mitsubishi, Renault, all those companies were caught manipulating their emissions. Mm-hmm. I one thing I don't really understand is how they're getting these stats that like a thousand people die a day from this. Is there a specific like ailment that they can tie directly back to Knox? I don't know. <laughs> uh, snowflake syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just roll coal out of here. <laughs> so I think inadvertently, despite all the bad things that came from this, it's uh, really raised demand and awareness for electric cars. Volkswagen, mm-hmm. uh, they've made a lot of waves. I think it was, was it last year or 2018, Felipe, when they set all those records with their IDR? The Pikes Peak electric yeah, car? Yeah, the electric that car. rules. Uh, and they're, they're going to... They're not going to participate in any petrol-powered motor racing motorsports. But that it when people are like, "Oh, Volkswagen, okay, big loss." But Volkswagen owns Porsche. Yeah, they own Bentley. Mm-hmm. They own Lamborghini, Lamborghini, Ducati, Ducati, Audi. Audi. Yeah. So I mean, that's going to have a huge ripple effect on the entire on everything. But I just have to wonder if they're being so aggressive about this because they got caught. One thousand yeah. percent. This is a, a huge PR thing, you know. Yeah, it's this really, like, like we were we were as media people focused on the automotive industry. It's really disheartening to learn that like all these automakers are probably doing this. You They're know? all dr- anybody who's dealing in billions of dollars is a piece of shit. There's no two ways about it. Because you have all, to think like a robot, yeah. but like a cunning robot like a robot and the thing that you care about isn't a thing that helps anybody else in the world there's no such thing as like a billionaire with good morals because if they were human at all they wouldn't be a billionaire that's not how it works uh that's so yeah that's our primer on dieselgate all right so i have been nolan sykes you can follow me on instagram and twitter at nolan j sykes follow joe weber at at dark underscore webinar on Instagram. And follow James. At James Pumphrey. On both Twitter and Instagram. Follow. If you don't uh, if you don't watch our YouTube channel for some reason, check us out at or we're just Donut Media on YouTube. We make good car videos. Great car videos, in fact. I think so. Yeah. And uh, it's really fun. And I love it. And follow the- this podcast oh, yeah. channel. Uh, it's called Donut Podcast. Yeah. Uh, if With you're watching S. this, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll put a I guess you're already here. Huh. Well, if you are watching this and you haven't, if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe to Donut Podcasts, please. With an S. With an S. Donut Podcasts. All right. I love you. All right. Be kind. See you next time. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, 
it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.